Who is your favorite Jonas brother? I'm not gonna lie, um, Nick Jonas makes me wet. People who think Nick is the hottest Jonas brother are wrong and should be prayed for. Um, yeah, so here's your Sunday unpacking with your queerologists, David Toledo and Connor McCullough. <laughs> Gender norms who? Billy Porter, don't know her, don't want to meet her, don't want to be near her. Basically, Billy terminated gender norms. He made them go extinct on Sunday. Billy Porter is the red carpet style icon that we all need. They should have given him an Oscar for best dress. I'm starting a petition. He literally fucked with the binaries of fashion in the best of ways, like the best of ways. He was literally interviewed and he said he wanted to create a conversation on what is masculine, what is feminine, what is everything in between. Why is it that a woman can wear pants and no one bats an eye and a man wears a dress and people are disgusted? Why Why is is that, that? fuckers? Why is, what is that saying about our culture? Man is better and female is disgusting? And he just wanted to shatter all over that. Oh, Billy. You broke that whole ceiling, Billy. Much better than Hillary did. Uh, he literally yeah, out Hillary just Cinderella. had cracks in her ceiling. Crazy. Uh, she's got some cracks, but she didn't br- shatter <laughs> she it. She didn't shatter it. Billy, we love you and we thank you. Uh, now we need to talk more business that happened this week. Uh, today we're going to unpack the gays dragging Ariana. Oh my god, where did they drag her? Uh, they grabbed that ponytail and they sweeped that floor oh my God. all over with her. The Lord and Saviors inside and outside of the screen. Yeah, the drag queens. The drag queens are our lords and saviors. <laughs> We're going to talk about them. Uh, Arizona's no homo promo policies. Ew, gross. Mm-hmm. And we're also going to talk Arizona. I've been to Arizona. Yeah, no, we'll talk about that. Ew. I know. Uh, we're going to talk about instigays. We actually have a very handsome one joining us today. His name is Spencer Paez. Hi, Spencer. I won't be there. Oh, just kidding. I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> but he's coming on and he's about to call out all the sexual ra- racists because we need to eradicate that just like we did with gender norms. Just like Billy did with gender norms. Okay, let's start spilling some tea. All right, let's do it. Uh, what's he coming on? To talk about sexual racism. Oh, copy. Sorry. The gays are literally coming for Ariana. Oh, my God. They're dragging her through the cum by the ponytail. That very expensive ponytail. And they're sweeping the floor with it. And this time, it's the British gays. Well, British people are very aggressive, but also super upset that she's heading headlining Manchester Pride. I don't know why everybody's so fuzzy. If she wants to put on a good show for us, let her bring her props, let her bring her guests, let her bring her expensive equipment and do her thing. Well, you know, people are pissy. They can't afford it. It's not free. Of course it's not free. She's an, she's a Grammy-winning artist. Why would it be free? That's ridiculous. Well, because, you know, certain people think it should be, but people are also PO'd that she's a straight artist and she's a headliner. For an LGBT festival. Um, okay. There's a very long-running tradition of pop street women performing for the gays. Did they forget Madonna, Mm. Cher, Mm. Christina? Mm. Madonna Uh, ate pussy. Where did she buy this vagina? 
She, she How many Michelin stars was this restaurant? It was in the 70s. Um, no evidence left behind. So where have they been? There's been a long history of street women performing us. Let her do her thing. Yeah, probably consuming the outrage on Twitter. Uh, that, that's true. But a retweet. I <laughs> also think that they need to be conscious that she's not the only artist performing on stage. She's sharing the stage with Kim Petras. Yeah, we need to make a trans superstar happen, like, like yesterday, like, like right now. Like Troye right Sivan, now. take your penis off. We endorse this. Re- sex we need you now. Uh, Just love him. I love him too. Okay, seriously. Do but it. don't you worry. The ACLU is on top of it. They're coming after Coachella. They put they put them on warning. Coachella, 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 Coachella is horrible, and they're being phobic of sorts. Shocking. Seriously. Well, at least the California Legal Advocacy Group is asking the festival to make sure they enforce restroom policies that are in accordance with California. Everybody should use a restroom that matches their gender, period. Yeah, I'm glad they released that statement. Good for them. Uh, Should we just agree Coachella is horrible, also problematic as hell, and uh, people should probably stop wasting all their money on these horrible outfits they spend. Uh, going to Coachella. Literally, my coworker. She just said she spent as much money on shoes that she's wearing. She's wearing different pairs each day, as much as she did on the ticket. Like I said, if you're going to Coachella, you are an idiot. <laughs> I'm going to Coachella. Oops. Uh, but I think there can be both. I can go to Coachella, and Coachella doesn't have to be anti-LGBT. Can we just fix this, please, Coachella? Like, I want to go without feeling terrible about myself. Also, we should agree that the ACLU was not the only hero this week. Did you hear about the drag queens reading stories to kiddos in Houston, Michigan, and South Carolina? And the children really loved it? That's cute. Drag queens. Who doesn't love a big wig and a, a drag queen? Oh my god, David, where can I attend one of these drag queen story hours? I'm I'm dying to go. I don't know, but what I do know is that there are cruel anti-LGBT groups spreading homophobic means to spin these readings as non-family friendly events, which is ridiculous as they are literally just drag queens in beautiful princess dresses reading to kids and having fun. That's it. Well, maybe it's because drag queens are notorious for performing in nightclubs. Uh, well, sweetie, you know, actors can do both R-rated and G-rated movies. That's all I'm saying. I agree. I agree. Very true. And I hope they're showing these differences are very beautiful. Also, it's not like drag queens can turn a child gay or transgender with a storybook. But you know what they can do? If there are those kids that, you know, might be different in some way, these events can be so powerful. And they can tease awake. But pretty much very powerful. Very powerful for whatever's going on in Arizona with those fucking retards. Oh, I mean politicians. Yeah, oh, the no promo homo law. Yeah, Arizona's one in seven states that has the no promo homo law. Congratulations, they're also competing with Dr. Seuss. Uh, (laughs) These barbaric laws basically forbid health education teachers from discussing those LGBTQ topics in a positive way. And they also prevent LGBTQ youth from learning critical info about their health. Listen, Arizona politicians, I've been on Grindr while in Arizona. Yeah, he has. Um, Yes, I have. And there are tons of gays 
there. Yeah, they're all in the freaking base camp. So at least, oh, you, know, at least you know they're all protected and they're kept in one place. But maybe you should take one for the team and go teach those gays the way up in Arizona. Oh, teach them how to be gay. All right. I yeah, can do that. I'm sure you can. Yeah, and I'll, you know how I'll start? I'll start um, by making them watch season 11 of RuPaul's Drag Race. Oh, David. Two things. <laughs> One, Miss Vanjie cannot go home early again. Miss Vanjie cannot go home early again. She's already the best part of this season. And two, more Miley. More, more Miley. Yeah, she we should just make her permanent. the permanent judge. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that. It was sickening. Um, yeah, like Instagaze, Instagramagaze, amplifying body struggles, think peace bullshit. What the fuck? It's crazy. Uh, yeah, oh, you, you read about the Instagaze amplifying body struggles? <laughs> yeah, I read about it. <laughs> it was a piece okay, of literature. Please let those bimbos <laughs> do what they do best and make me horny while I'm scrolling through oh, Instagram. Here we go. I'm all for capitalizing on your power. Some people capitalize on their beauty. Others capitalize on their brains, like myself. They can capitalize on their beauty. Let them flaunt their abs. Nobody. Nobody is making you follow these hotties. If you're giving yourself mental stress over them, just unfollow them. It's simple. Exactly. Okay, now cut out the unnecessary outrage. We'll be right back. Let's have a warm gay welcome for Spencer Paez. I'm here with Spencer Paez. He is a writer, actor, and director. Thank you so much for coming on the pod, Spencer. Thanks for having me. Uh, Spencer, for the listeners that don't know the work that you do, what works have you been in? I've been in a number of independent films and some small TV shows and a few web series and also a bunch of theatrical productions. And you've been in the industry. Um, a big priority in the industry at the moment is diversity. How do you find new fit into that puzzle piece at the moment? I think the way I fit in depends on which perspective you're looking from. So from the perspective of like small independent filmmakers, there's a lot of excitement about the opportunity for diversifying stories and reaching people in a new diversified way. Uh, from the higher levels with more money where things are corporatized, diversity is sort of a bottom line term and it's not really about serving people it's about making money where they think they have the best opportunity to crunching it down to numbers you're basically a number yeah basically and i see that because diversity is usually used as a term for all non-white people which is totally the opposite of the spirit of diversity the spirit of diversity is multiplicity is many things many stories many purposes but most casting directors and producers and executives that I hear talking about diversity usually just say like, oh, he's a diverse person. How can one person be diverse? One person by themselves cannot be diverse. Diversity is many. Do you find the priorities being placed in writing rooms? I'm not really in writing rooms, so I wouldn't know. Okay. Um, now, you've, outside of being in the industry, you've... Uh, dealt with what it means to be a gay man in Los Angeles. Um, I'm, I'm Colombian myself and you know, I'm on dating apps and I've encountered subjects like sexual racism, uh, where I am crossed off just because of my, of my race. Do you find that 
sexual racism is an issue that permeates most of LGBT culture? I think it is. I think there's a lot of flat-out racism and then racism that you see in sexual situations a lot. Um, you know, from the rhetoric that you were just talking about on, like, dating apps or sex apps where people literally say, I'm not looking for this race, I'm only looking for this race. I They don't even have to put it in their bios anymore. They can literally tailor their searches to specific races and age groups and... Lots of terrible isms. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's there are pros and cons to that. The pro being that people that they have internalized hatred for are not going to get the, you know, the brunt of that hatred. They're not going to receive hate speech, but they're also never being given a chance. And you know, who knows if two people could hit it off? Like if their personalities match or their interests match or whatever. Um, but I've definitely seen that. I've seen that here in Los Angeles. I've seen that in more like suburban areas of the United States. I've seen it in, in Europe. Um, How do you address it when you encounter it firsthand with friends or family? Sexual racism in particular? Mm-hmm. Um, what do you mean? How do I address it with my... Do, have you ever encountered it in a social setting? Let's say a friend who's directly being sexually racist. Uh, how do you go about calling him out or addressing the issue? Yeah, so the times when I've experienced that with a friend, where I see them expressing sexual racism, um, I usually take a second to ask them to repeat themselves. And if they repeat themselves without hesitating, I'll then ask a follow-up question, like, well, what do you mean by that? Or why wouldn't you ever date an Asian man? And usually I find that asking a question, having somebody explain... They clearly haven't seen Crazy Rich Asians. What a big mistake. We all love Asians now. <laughs> Thank you, Crazy Rich Asians. Um, no, yeah, when, when, they ha- when they're asked to um, elaborate on what they've just said, they find for themselves the racism in their own beliefs, in their own statement, which I think is a lot more effective than just like getting in their face and calling them a racist and like reducing them to the idea of a racist. It gives them a second to like go through it themselves. And since racism is something that affects all of us, I think the conversation has to be nuanced. I think it has to be more extended than just accusations and just like putting blame on people. I think we're all accountable for what we're all affected by, what we're all suffering from, this horrible legacy of racism. But we can both agree that having the black friend policy that we saw in the Michael Cohen testimony this week is just not the solution to saying that you're not a racist. Yeah, no, I think um, puppets and props uh, are, are not really a great way to like uphold the dignity of another person. Mm-hmm. I think that is reductive. Um, so I think probably avoid tokenizing people and claiming that you're beyond racism because you would de- like deign to interact with someone who's colored. Yeah, thank you, Rashida, for calling him out. <laughs> Praise be. Thank you, Rashida. Um, now... Another subject that I find very interesting that I just wanted us to, like, talk about is as a um, gay man, I find that gay parenting comes with a lot of inequalities. You and your partner, you've talked about expanding your family one day. Um, What are some of the issues that you've encountered when trying to talk about expanding your family? 
Well, obviously we can't procreate together. So um, when it comes to making a family, it's uh, automatically a much larger financial concern. Whether it's adoption or surrogacy, there's going to be a lot more cost involved. And that means planning way, way ahead. That means deciding very clearly what life we have, what life we want to have for the next however many years. Right. Um, depending on like the structure of your plan. And it requires a very structured plan. And money. Kids are very expensive. And unfortunately, like gay men don't have the opportunity to procre- procreate themselves. Um, and surrogacy, it costs a minimum of $10,000. Um, what, what are options that you're looking at? We want to adopt. Um, the main reason being there are so many kids in this overpopulated world that need a home. And we do feel that we'd be good parents. So we want to provide a home to a child or children someday. Um, but not by adding more kids to the world, by addressing the issue of overpopulation and of poverty and of lack of opportunity and love for the you know, countless kids in this country and, and other places that we could help. Amen. Yeah. Amen to creating a whole generation of kids that are parented by gay men and are raised to be very successful. Um, where can listeners find your work and what is some of your upcoming work? Well, I made a web series called Boundaries, which is on YouTube. If you go to youtube.com slash boundaries TV, you can see the whole thing in half an hour. It's very manageable. What is it about? It's about personal boundaries in family and friend and professional relationships. Um, I'm also, I don't know when you'll get to see these, but I did a few independent projects that are going to be circulating some festivals in the next uh, few months. Which I'm sure you'll be posting about on your Instagram, which is? Which is at pie, like the food, pie Spencer. Um, what flavor would this pie be? So many things. Probably like a mix of like chocolate and caramel. Dark chocolate <laughs> and caramel. And maybe like some kind of like raspberry in there. Delicious. Spencer, thank you so much for coming on the pod. Thank you for having me. Spencer is so splendid. He is he's reminds me of that cute little sugar packet. Except better? Oh, yeah. He's honestly such a lovely human. I had such a fun time talking with him. His words are just so powerful. So jealous. I wish I was there. All right, ladies. We are done for today. If, uh, if you're doing any errands. If you're doing any errands at home this Sunday, uh, you know what? You should listen or watch. Solange? Yep, that's it. I knew um, it. I knew it. Yeah, Solange is when I get home. Oh, my God. When I get home, I'm going to watch when I get home. How funny is that? It's everything that you need right now, plus more. All right, everybody. Bye. Bye, babies. Until next week. Love you. On Sunday.